Welcome back to One Conversation, where one conversation can change a life. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing narcissism and some common signs or what it could look like to be in a relationship with a narcissist. Before we get started, please keep in mind that the list we will share today or any of this information is not to be used as a diagnostic tool. It's purely for education purposes and we are just trying to provide some insight on what these relationships can look like or sound like. Yeah, and I think it's really commonplace for people to quickly throw around some mental health labels. So I'm really happy that we're starting with this disclaimer that yes, this is just purely for information. And a lot of this that we're sharing out today came from the work of Dr. Romani. She's an expert in narcissistic personalities. So we have her and some other really great resources linked below. So y'all can go ahead and continue to do some research. So let's start by sharing out a quick definition and a few common types of narcissism. So we can see that narcissism overall is a need for admiration. It uh, internalizes self-centeredness and entitlement, as well as a lack of empathy. So in a narcissist world, it's really all about them. And of course, we can see that translating into some pretty unhealthy relationships, which is why we really wanted to take time today and kind of highlight and go over this. So again, there are several different types of narcissistic personality. The most common ones being, first and foremost, the grandiose narcissist or the overt narcissist. This is kind of your textbook, arrogant, charming, charismatic individual. They can have a really larger than life um, and enticing personality. And that's what can make, really make these individuals pretty successful. So in a relationship uh, in a, for a grandiose narcissist, after a while, let's say about four to 12 weeks, uh, Dr. Hamani uses the phrase, the blush falls off the rose, so to speak, because after those four to 12 weeks, they can become pretty superficial. They may start to become pretty bored or dismissive. Uh, they could be also invalidating, arrogant, self-confident, and resistant to criticism. So, you know, if there are changes going on in that relationship, if they're moving out of the honeymoon phase, um, there could be a lot of those tendencies, again, such as self-confident, resistant to criticism coming up. The second type, uh, the most common type of narcissist we see are the vulnerable or covert narcissist. So these individuals seem pretty sullen or angry at the world. Instead of feeling entitled like the grandiose narcissist, they can play a very angry kind of victim entitlement role. So at first they are quite anxious um, and in the beginning of the relationship, that anxiousness and that kind of victim mentality could lead their partner to be the one that wants to try and save them. And that's a pretty common theme. So now that we kind of went over some <clears throat> of these terms and some overall definition, uh, to kind of keep in mind while we talk about narcissistic personalities. Um, let's start by sharing some key terms or traits that a narcissistic person uh, may have. But just keep in mind that all of us may have one or two of these qualities depending on who we are, but a true narcissist will see all of these traits in their day-to-day -day life. And just a quick reminder that the only, uh, only a mental health professional can be able to truly diagnose a person uh, with narcissist personality. So this framework is only to provide insight. So let's jumping into some common traits of someone who has a narcissistic personality. Number one, this may be the most important one, which is a lack of empathy. Although 
They may be able to hide this somewhat by showing a false sense of empathy or sympathy. They truly lack the ability to have the empathy and compassion for others that they do for themselves. Again, it is all about them. So things only matter if it benefits that person in some way or form. Number two, they are entitled or they think that the world owes them or belongs to them. And number three, demeaning, intimidating, and can bully others uh, and are very judgmental. All right. And so we are going to continue on with some more signs. And I am going to start off at sign number four, superficial. And so an example of this is, you know, that person that is narcissist wanting only people around them who are cool or are, you know, good looking or, you know, someone that maybe matches who they think, you know, they are, right? Um, and so how I like to think of this is, you know, a person that is narcissist um, and someone who is being, you know, superficial when we're talking about the sign is just them caring about the outer surface, right? Just the appearance, mm -hmm. like, and what that looks like. And so, um, so relationships can be based on this partner making me look good instead of feel good, right? And so that's what a narcissist person would kind of focus on, right? Um, and we know that when it comes to a healthy relationship, it's the complete opposite, right? You're wanting right. to be around somebody that makes you feel good. And, you know, of course, maybe uh, someone's appearance can be something that, you know, you... Uh, consider important in your relationship that could be possible but it's not around you know just what that person looks like and so sign number five can't regulate emotions well and so you know this person that is narcissist may throw tantrums especially if they don't get it their way right um or may kind of cause a scene or may have you know this person may cause a lot of drama if things don't go the way that they exactly want it to go um or if you know they are not being listened to in the way that they want to be listened to um so it's really important to know that this may look very different um but typically this person is not able to regulate their emotions when it comes to this sign if they feel like they are not able to get it their way sign number six hypersensitive to criticism so this person you know can't take it but will give it right and so they may dish it out but not want anyone to say anything in regards to them so they could be super critical of others right or judgmental of others or they may feel entitled to say something to someone else about their life or what they're doing right or what they're doing wrong um but is not open to taking any constructive criticism back right or any cri criticism so um you know it seems like it's kind of a one-way street when it comes to this sign the next sign is jealous and so with sign number seven um this can manifest into very controlling behavior they can see others especially when it comes to a relationship and their partner as their property or as you know kind of that entitlement that they uh, own them or you know they need to do what they want or they're able to control them right as if again they own them and so this is something that you can especially see in a relationship in an intimate relationship like i mentioned but this can also show up in friendships right or any yeah. form of relationship as well and then sign number eight gaslighting and so this is such a common tactic used to criticize or shift blame to their partner 
and not to be accountable, right? And so um, instead of taking accountability, what they'll do is they'll go ahead and try to manipulate their partner and make them believe that, you know, it's their fault. They made them do it, right? Or I would have not done this if you didn't cause me to, right? Or your actions caused me to do this. And so not taking any of that accountability, not taking responsibility for their actions and just completely shifting um, that blame. Absolutely. And if anyone out there is curious about gaslighting, I know that's just a really interesting subject. We have done a really uh, comprehensive episode on gaslighting. So we really encourage you to go and check that out because that's a pretty tricky thing to kind of understand. But we know that gaslighting is really common in a lot of different unhealthy relationships. So now that we've kind of gone over these common traits, uh, you know, how a narcissist may act, some personality traits they may have, let's switch gears a little bit. So we really want to talk about some common signs or what it could look or feel like if you are in a relationship or dating a narcissist. So we're going to share 12 common signs. The first sign that you may be dating a narcissist, we're going to start all the way at the beginning of a relationship. So the first sign is that this person may what we call love bomb you. So this is a term for being maybe extremely lavish, maybe creating a super over the top, really romantic dates, you know, doing really romantic gestures. And we know that every relationship goes through the honeymoon phase, right? Where maybe we are putting our best foot forward. Maybe we're really trying to impress this new person that we care about in our life. But this honeymoon phase is particularly amped up. So we, uh, in a narcissist world, they're trying to win, right? So that's the mentality. They're trying to win. They're trying to get what's theirs. So they will do anything they can to really win you over. So maybe by being very seductive in their looks or their actions, they may have a lot of charisma, right? And just kind of this over the top charismatic personality. And a great quote that I had heard kind of doing the research for this episode is that charisma, it's like a heavy perfume or cologne that someone wears when they don't take a shower. It's probably covering up something underneath, right? So that heavy perfume or cologne is really just covering up something that they don't kind of want you to notice. Um, so. Charisma, I mean, it's not the biggest red flag unless, you know, if this person's really kind of sucking the life out of the room, right? Like maybe um, being the kind of center of attention all the time, maybe hanging out with them, it kind of feels like a performance, right? Like they're really trying to put on airs. They're really trying to be the center of attention. So it almost feels like they're looking through you in a conversation, maybe looking for someone more interesting or looking for their next moment to share, right? So really kind of think about that, take that into consideration, right? If you're in a conversation, someone is really charismatic, you know, are they engaging with you, right? Are they interested in what you have to say or does this kind of feel like a performance? So number two, that they are willing to lie or leave out facts. So narcissists are really well known to be secret keepers, right? They're trying to kind of keep their personality. They're trying to show you a version of them and keep their real personality at bay. And they're really good at keeping that secret, right? So if they feel again, that life is a competition, um, instead of having honesty and open communication, they may leave the truth out, right? For the sake of winning or keeping up appearances or again, to win you over, right? Number three, there could be infidelity or fantasy. So in their world, right, they may be looking again, like JC mentioned before, for a partner that makes them look good, right, instead of feel good. So if they think their partner is never quite good enough um, or not ideal or attractive enough, 
Entitlement in their mind says that they deserve better. So if you combine this with their fantasy, right, of wanting this really grandiose life, wanting everything that they feel like they deserve, affairs can be really common. And some of these individuals really maintain the belief that they have the right to additional partners um, and maybe at an extreme level, right? They may even get offended if their partner believes that they're good enough uh, where they wouldn't need to be cheating, right, or need more. So this is more than destructive because usually this individual who may be cheating or having these fantasies really feels like they're doing nothing wrong, right? Because again, it goes back to really, they feel that they deserve better. They feel like they deserve more and they feel like they can get away with that and should be able to get away with that. And I think number four kind of ties in with that as well. Not being able to admit a mistake, like you were talking about cheating. Um, if they're cheating, for them, that's not a mistake, right? They're gonna continue to do it just because they think it's something, like you said, that they deserve. Um, so they're not going to admit that they're doing anything wrong. And if they do get, you know, if they do find out, like, let's say that they were cheating, they're going to start blaming the other partner, right? You know, um, you made me do this or you weren't doing this for me. So I had to go out looking for somebody else. So they're not taking the blame. And then again, they're not admitting to what they're doing and, and what, you know, the mistake that they, that they did and will make up a defense and kind of shifting the focus on them onto their, um, their partner. And then number four, they will control their partner's appearance. Like you were saying, you know, instead of making somebody feel good, they're more concentrating on the looks, right? So they may be in tune with their partner's weight management or the way, the way that they dress or the way that they wear either too much makeup or not enough makeup. So they're wanting that person to look good and will, you know, critique them when they don't look the way that they want them to look like. Um, and then when the other partner, like let's say the other partner starts, you know, maybe saying that they should lose some weight or be healthier in, you know, more of an active way, that narcissistic partner may take that as offense. Um, they won't take that as something constructive or, you know, trying to be healthier. They may take that as I'm already perfect, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, what do you mean I need to change this? Because they look at, they see themselves as already being perfect. And then number six, they don't listen. Uh, they, so they don't listen, but expect others to listen and have a perfect memory from their partner. Responses are all about them. They pay attention to conversations that benefit them in some way. So, you know, they don't listen to the whole conversation. They just kind of, I call it selective listening. You know, they just select mm -hmm. what they want to listen within that conversation. Would that benefit either their case or their situation? Um, so they're not listening to their partner and all, you know, in, in the whole conversation. And then they will also um, constantly accuse their partner of not listening to them. Um, again, kind of, you know, just picking and choosing what benefits um, this narcissistic person. Absolutely. And just a quick mention before I dive in into some more signs of, you know, someone who may be dating a narcissist um, is, you know, really important for us to notice some of these signs and what we've been discussing just notice how controlling these behaviors sound right and may look like and remember yeah. the motivation for dating violence has everything to do with power and control and i know you um probably have heard this many times if you've listened to some other podcast episodes we have recorded um we when we talk about what you know an abusive relationship is um and you know one of the motivator behind it it has everything to do with power and control, right? And so this is no different. With that being said, we are going to move on to the next sign, which is number seven. 
view partners as a support person dedicated to them. They expect a partner will take care of their wants and needs because it's their job and they will love to do this because of how wonderful they are, right? And so, um, you know, we talked about how a narcissist usually is demeaning and minimizing, right? And kind of self-centered in regards to it's all about them. And so this is definitely correlated to that as well, right? Um, a narcissist typically believes that their partner needs to cater to them, right? And that they need to, you know, take care of their needs and their wants, like it's their job, you know, not that they just have a supportive um, partner and that a, their partner should be supportive when possible to them, but they feel like this is a requirement, right? Um, they may have rigid expectations. Um, no reason is good enough to not show up for their needs, right? Um, they are going to want their partner to put them first no matter what. If not meeting needs physically, it can lead to infidelity. Right. And so they may their reasoning or excuse um, in their mind could be that, you know, well, you're not good enough or you're not doing what, you know, I need you to do. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's something that they normalize. And then the next sign is extremely jealous. We'll scrutinize conversations with others, um, whether it's friends or, you know, a um, maybe a family member. They will nitpick anything such as nonverbal body language um, or et cetera, usually asking or questioning until they find something to latch on to, right? Like an aha moment or see, I knew it, right? Um, and so they may be nitpicking until that person makes a mistake and once they make that mistake or maybe even say something incorrectly right because they're just so nervous because they're being questioned um right. they will go ahead and kind of use that moment to kind of you know say oh i knew it you know you're proving my point and i was right and so it's an interrogation to find something to accuse the partner of to be mad over they will provide reasons why they are a better choice you know for example i am so much better looking than her too and smarter um, sometimes there are demands such as cutting off that person right so really um, leaving the workforce if it has to do with work or abandoning um, other social activities or maybe not using social media um, but really what this may look like is them trying to isolate them, right? So really kind of think yeah. about that word, um, isolation. And then uh, next sign is envious of partner's success, right? Um, and so it could be successes like financial, social, or something otherwise, maybe they've met a goal that they've been working towards. Uh, their partner may minimize their accomplishments, right? Like, oh, you're a supervisor now. That means you sit and do nothing, right? And kind of like minimize what they've been able to accomplish. Um, oh, so you're basically a glorified secretary, right? Um, and so really kind of tearing down the other person's success. Um, they will put down ranks and titles that are higher than their own. This comes from their idea that they deserve it all, right? And that they're entitled to more mm -hmm. and that they deserve the best. So if their partner is above them um, in any way, right? It could be financially, social, or just, you know, maybe meeting a goal that they cannot meet. They will do everything they can to tear them down out of their own insecurity, right? And so obviously we know that in a healthy relationship, 
that's not what would happen, right? A healthy relationship, your partner would be happy for you, would support you, right? Um, and would be just gen genuinely happy for you, right? Because if they really love you, they wanna make sure you're happy. Um, and so, especially when you're meeting a goal or you're able to do something that you really love or have been able to accomplish. And so when it comes to someone that's narcissist, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, I think that one's really telling as well, right? I think in personal relationships and working with others in their relationships, I think that's so huge, you know, hearing about, um, you know, in, in a healthy relationship that you hear that, you know, partners are really supportive of each other, right? And if you do something, you accomplish something, you know, it's it brings joy to both parties, right? It's like the pride that, you know, my partner is going out and doing this and doing great work. Um, and that's something that's really healthy, right? To share that joy, to share that happiness, right? Um, but yeah, in the same hand, if we're getting really jealous, if we're using that as a means to tear our partner down, huge red flags, right? Especially in these relationships as well. So to cover the last few here, number 10, uh, emotional needs are not attended to. So if their partner's upset, uh, they will not be supportive, right? Because like Miguel shared in the beginning, the number one trait is this lack of empathy, right? And so, yeah, if their partner needs support or needs empathy, that's gonna be impossible, if not really extremely challenging for a narcissistic partner. So their unwillingness to get involved, uh, to explain feelings, it really comes from a lack of depth, right? Emotionally, and usually also a lack of interest, right? Again, if it's not about them, it doesn't really matter. You know, if this doesn't benefit them in some way, they're kind of like, you know, maybe they can have that conversation. Maybe they can kind of put up this fake front, but it's not going to feel genuine, right? It's not going to feel like this person actually cares. And so if emotions interfere with their needs in any way, um, it's going to be pretty destructive, right? So they may ignore it. Uh, they may be defensive and attacking that person, saying things like, you're too sensitive, right? Or this is not my problem. Again, kind of those things to shift the blame and the focus and really get themselves out of that conversation that does not benefit them. Number 11, their public self and private self don't match. So we kind of talked about this in the beginning, right? So this charming, this really charismatic person, um, it may feel like a lot of the times, especially out in public, that they're kind of putting on this performance, right? That they're kind of, you know, making their image a lot bigger than who they are, especially around other people. Um, but on the inside, right, they may be really difficult. So maybe when you get that person home, it's a completely night and day personality change, right? They're no longer this big, happy, kind of outgoing person. Maybe they're that, yeah, very self-centered, right? Very uh, maybe dark, that kind of victim mentality, that very entitled person behind closed doors. And the last sign, number 12, is what we call stonewalling. So it's kind of this idea that maybe right now or maybe in this situation, I want nothing to do with you. So perhaps, you know, this is in a situation where their partner does need that support, right? And they're not willing to engage in that conversation. They can't show that empathy or that compassion. They may just become extremely unavailable, right? They may, uh, may refuse to really open up to their partner and they may have a really tight wall of defensiveness and stubbornness. So this could look like, uh, you know, giving their partner the cold shoulder, completely ignoring if maybe their partner is crying next to them or going through something, or just maybe again, that lack of empathy to where they can just, um, you know, maybe leave the room, right? And not even care if their partner's upset, not try to console them. 
And so these, I think, were really important to keep in mind, right? Because again, we've had a lot of episodes on unhealthy relationships. And although, you know, narcissistic personality is a different thing in and of itself, I think going through this list, a lot of these things just echo conversations we've already had, right? In domestic violence and teen dating violence, you know, gaslighting has come up quite a bit. Um, and so I think it was really important to go over this list today. Again, this is not the be all end all. These were just some of the more common signs. There could be more out there. Um, but yeah, I think this was a really important start to this conversation. Yeah, and I think that maybe right now you're probably thinking, you know, maybe I'm in, an, in a relationship with a narcissist you know, mm -hmm. but again, remember that this wasn't meant um, for us to diagnose anyone. It was just simply to provide insight. But if you do feel like you're in a relationship where you see a lot of these traits, it's a good idea to uh, connect with somebody to talk to about your relationship and about these traits. Just kind of, you know, a little debrief to if you're feeling like maybe this is your situation, you know, just connect with somebody. And if you're if you're in the um, South Lake Tahoe area, you can always contact us at our 24 hour crisis line. And that number is 530 544-4444 or you can log on to our website at www.layviolencefree.org and chat anonymously with one of our advocates from Monday through Friday 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and just kind of you know talk to them about what's going on what your relationship is looking like and get that support because um, what we've talked about today is it's covered a lot of behaviors that come with power and control so mm -hmm. if this is something that's concerning you, you know, don't feel free to reach out. You know, we're here to support. And if you just want to talk it out and just chat with somebody, you know, this is why we have these um, methods for you to be able to contact us at any time. Yes. Thank you, Miguel, for that. And yes, connecting with a trained advocate can be really beneficial for anyone who is experiencing some or all of the signs we just discussed. We will also include chat lines and advocate resources below for anyone who is not in the Tahoe area. If you feel unable or not ready to connect with an advocate, leaning into friends and family is also a great idea as friends and family can help reassure you or even give you a second opinion on what's happening. We talked about how common gaslighting is and how a lot of other manipulation tactics can be used in these relationships, right? So having the grounding or validation from others can be really empowering, especially because when it comes to gaslighting, someone may make you feel like you're going crazy or you're wrong, yeah. even though you feel like you may be completely right, right? Or you're like, well, I'm observing this. How is it that I'm wrong? So it can definitely be very validating um, and it could really help kind of feel some ease if you connect with someone and talk about what has been happening. So we will also have a lot of resources linked below so you can continue to inform yourself on narcissistic personalities and how those traits can impact a relationship. But for now, let's just go ahead and jump into our meditation um, for this episode. As usual, we have um, our meditation towards the end of our episode to really allow us to practice some of that self-care that is really critical and important in our life. If you don't mind, get yourself in a comfortable position. You can begin by bringing your attention into your body. You can close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. You can notice your body seated wherever you are seated. Feel the weight of your body on that chair or on the floor. Begin by taking a few deep breaths. 
And as you take a deep breath, bring in more oxygen, enlivening the body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. You can notice your feet on the floor. Notice the sensations of your feet touching the floor, the weight and pressure, vibration, heat. You can notice your legs against the chair, pressure, pulsing, heaviness, lightness. Notice your back against the chair. Continue to take slow, deep breaths. Now bring your attention into your stomach area. If you feel your stomach is tense or tight, let it soften. Take a deep breath. Notice your hands. Are your hands tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Now notice your arms. Feel any sensation in your arms? Let your shoulders be soft. Notice your neck and throat. Let them be soft and relax. Now soften your jaw. Let your face and facial muscles be soft. Continue to take slow, deep breaths. Then notice your whole body present. Take one more deep breath. Be aware of your whole body as best you can. Take a breath and then when you are ready, you can open your eyes. This meditation was a short meditation, but it's a meditation to really kind of allow you to bring some mindfulness to your body, right? Because sometimes we can close our eyes and try to meditate, but we're not aware of our body, right? If our body is tense, if it's tight, if it's soft, if it's relaxed, right? And so sometimes we may not even notice that our jaw is really tightened or that our shoulders are really tense and so um, just being able to relax your body is also a great way of self-care um, as well as meditating right so i hope you enjoyed this meditation thank you so much for um, doing the meditation with us yeah i can say that i absolutely enjoyed that meditation as i usually do and it's interesting because as soon as you were saying you know relax your hands i noticed how tight my hands were right and I was feeling pretty relaxed up until that point and then yeah it's just really interesting right how sometimes we can just hold tension in our body in certain places and it really takes that awareness um, to really recognize that right and give us that sense of calm and, and relaxed so thank you so much JC that was really lovely I'm sure our listeners out there really appreciated that meditation today 
So with that being said, again, we are going to have a lot of information linked below. This was just really a scratch the surface of this conversation. Um, this could have been a really long episode today, but we wanted to keep it concise, right? Really share out some of the most important things that we were seeing, again, in terms of the research and uh, in terms of these traits, in terms of what these relationships could look like. But we will definitely circle back to this concept. I think we're going to have some follow-up episodes in the future because narcissism and narcissistic personality is just something that I think a lot of people are really interested in. And again, you know, looking at these relationships, looking at the forms of manipulation and control, you know, these are things that um, we at Live Violence Free, working with people in unhealthy relationships, we see a lot, right? Whether that be actual narcissistic individuals or not, just a lot of these behaviors carry over. And so, yeah, really important conversations to have. So again, check out our resources below. There's going to be a lot of information down there. And again, uh, we're going to have our crisis line, uh, other chat lines available for anyone who, yeah, just after this episode, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of those traits really seemed similar to their experiences, right? And what they're going through and, and what their relationships feel like. So if that is the case, we really encourage you to reach out, right? And get some support. And thank you so much for listening in. And we hope to see you next time for our next conversation.